Hey friends, Isaac here. It's Tuesday, July 12th. Welcome to the Living the Dream Show with Kevin White. Kevin is a best-selling author, international speaker and global brand publisher. He's founder, executive director of Global Hope India and CEO of Spirit Media. Spirit Media. As a serial entrepreneur, Kevin has helped start hundreds of churches, businesses and non-profits throughout the world. Before starting today's episode, Kevin asked me to make sure you've heard about The Writers Club with Kevin White. Kevin just finished writing his third book in three years. He can help you write your first or next book. The Writers Club with Kevin White is a weekly small group via Zoom with writers for accountability and structure through coaching and collaboration. Learn more at spiritmedia.us. That's spiritmedia.us. Put your hands together and let's welcome my friend and yours, Kevin White, to today's show. Hello, this is Kevin White. It is Tuesday, July the 12th, 2022. Welcome to the Living the Dream Show. I am so thankful to have you in the audience today. Thanks for joining me. If you're watching on YouTube, you can actually see me waving at you right now. If you're listening wherever podcasts can be heard, you're one of 166 different countries that listen in to the show. Last week, I started a message with you from Pastor Leon Crump as he spoke on worship at Hope Community Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is part two of a two-part series. So if you missed last week, you'll want to dive into that and catch that, but you will not be disappointed with today's episode. Pastor Leon does an incredible job just reminding us of the gift and the value of worship. As you know on the show, we talk about worship a lot as we look at living the dream, Revelation 7, 9 through 12, of every nation, tribe, and tongue worshiping Jesus in heaven. And we don't want to be surprised when we get to heaven, when we look around and we see all these different nationalities. And we also don't want to be surprised when we get to heaven and we see that a lot of what we'll be doing there is worship. And so let this message shape your worth. Let the Holy Spirit use this to call you to the nations and to call you to the worship of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's go to part two with Pastor Leon. Now, the second truth that we can take from this text, listen, is that worship precedes the gathering. Worship precedes the gathering. What could that possibly mean? Walk with me. Psalm 100 is divided into two stanzas, each with a unique and similar command. The first one we've heard multiple times. Come into his presence with singing. The second one says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And so the psalmist is saying that we enter the space, listen, already in a posture of praise. We enter the space in a posture of praise. We don't come here to get into a posture of praise. We come ready to get it in. We come in a posture of praise. The act of being together with the people of God to worship God begins before we ever enter the building. Do you see again now how Romans 12, 1 ties in? If you are not a living sacrifice unto the Lord, if you are not living every single day with your worth being shaped by God, if you are not in a posture of spiritual worship in every other part of your life, it is unthinkable that you're going to show up to this room in a posture of praise and worship. Can I say something hard to you guys? 
They're like, no, no, sir. Well, I mean, it's a rhetorical question. You know I'm going to say it anyway. I mean, I've been here many times. Guys, the reality is that we're quiet in the room because we're dry in our lives. We're quiet in the room because we're dry in our lives. That, that, that's the gap. You see, so much of our postmodern world will cause us to miss this. We, we've taken a posture of consumption rather than a posture of cultivation. We believe that the worship begins when the lights come down or, or when Pelsu or Cannoli begin to do the right thing to stir us up. But if we can be honest right now, or I'll be honest, there are many Sundays I don't show up in the headspace ready to worship because my worth is being shaped by so many other distractions and circumstances and people and problems and the news cycle. And my worth is my identity, my thoughts, my feelings, my, my attention is being shaped by so many other things that by the time I get to the sacred place with God's people in his presence, guess what? I can't even get my mind to that place. I'll be honest. And hopefully that'll help us all be honest. You see, the problem is not that it takes us a few minutes to get ready. The problem is that if we don't have lives of worship when we arrive here, we place the whole responsibility of our corporate experience on the people who are standing on the stage. And that's not fair to them. And that's not fair to you. And that's ultimately not fair to God. In fact, I'm going to say this. This may get me fired. But they'd have to try me first. It is not the worship leader's job to get you to worship. It is the worship leader's job to acknowledge the aspect of the glory of God that we should be delighting in on that given day. And to invite you to experience that together. Now, I got just a couple minutes here, so I'm going I'm to wrap it up quick. The final truth that I think we can see in this text is this, that we worship because we are a people. We worship because we are a people. And, and in my opinion, this is the one that we take for granted the most. We worship because we are a people. Here's what I mean by that. Is there anybody besides me old enough to remember the Jesus is my homeboy t-shirts? That encapsulates all of this. You see, we have privatized what should be a personal but also communal faith. This was never supposed to be a private experience. And so the wonder, the beauty, the, 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 the glory of what it means to be a part of the people of God, well, that can be missed by us because we live in an individualistic society that has helped us very skillfully privatize even our walk with Jesus. So that the community of the church becomes an addendum to a life that's already sorted out. But look what the psalmist says. The psalmist says, starting in verse 3, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. So listen, first it defines God, then it defines us. The Lord, Yahweh, is God, which is profound when you think about it because they lived in a pluralistic society where everybody believed that every God was the big G God. We don't have anything to do with that, right? Not in our modern society. The Lord is God. Know that, embrace that. 
But that's not where he spends most of his encouragement. He moves quickly to us. And he says, God's people gathered in a sacred place. Well, that's, that's where the wonder is. Because it is God who made us. We are his. In fact, our belonging to God is why Paul wrote to the church at Colossae and also similarly to the church at Corinth that whatever you do, whatever you do, whether it is to eat or drink or whatever, whatever you do in word and deed, do it what? Do it as unto the Lord. That's describing a life of worship. That is describing a life where we actually believe that we don't belong to ourselves, but we belong to God. And guess what? We belong to each other. If I had time, I would sing a little bit of Lenny Kravitz to you, but I don't want to get in trouble. Mm, 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 mm. See, no, y'all get me in trouble. I'm getting a death stare back there. I'm not gonna name names, but I'm just gonna move on. The psalmist believes, the psalmist believes that one of the most profound reasons for the people of God to worship God, listen, is that they are the people of God. That God has done the work of forming a people from all people. Not because they deserved it, not because they were cute, not because they had it sorted, not because they were intelligent, not because they had it all figured out, but because he is good and because he loves and because the only requirement he has to be a part of his people is that you trust his love and his leading over your own. And that is a wonder. And so gathered worship is paramount for the people of God for that reason among many. Because it is in this space we begin to experience the goodness of God through our sisters and brothers. We begin to share their testimonies. We begin to watch them overcome, what does the Bible say, by the sacrifice of Jesus and the word of their testimony. We become continually aware of the interconnectedness of the people of God. And our worth then is shaped not only as individuals, but as a people. In fact, Richard Foster in Celebration of Discipline writes this. It's one of my favorite books and I I highly commend it to you. He writes, when we are truly gathered into worship, things occur that can never occur alone. I hope you believe that. The good stuff can happen in your room alone. It has, but not like it happens here. Good stuff can happen online, but not like it happens in the room. It's just not the same. There there is what the biblical writers called koinonia, or a deep inward fellowship. And so in the power of the Spirit, this experience far transcends the feeling of, of fellowship or of a common loyalty. There comes a divine melting of our separateness. In the power of the one Spirit, we become wrapped in a sense of unity and of presence such as quiets all words and enfolds us within an unspeakable calm and interconnectedness within a vaster life. Such fellowship and worship makes vicarious worship in media tasteless and flat. Can I summarize it? Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because a Holy Ghost party don't stop when the people of God are together. Richard Foster said it much better than me. Now, let's land this plane. Foster's words say that we find ourselves wrapped up in the family of God, the story that he is telling, not only in our time, but through all generations. And that's the encouragement that the psalmist ends with in verse five. 
He writes, for the love for the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. God was faithful to his foreign family before we got here. He is faithful to us now. And guess what? He is faithful to every generation. And that is my last plea with you. That we worship him. And our worth is shaped by him. Because he is faithful. He's faithful. Now, a reasonable question for you to ask is, why should this matter to me today? Why should this matter to me today? There's a litany of reasons that I want to give you. But there's one that I think that stands out. And I've already said it a hundred times. Your worth is being shaped by something. Your worth is being shaped by something. And it is the something that is getting the bulk of your attention, that is getting the bulk of your time that is getting the bulk of your energy, that is getting the bulk of your presence, that is getting the bulk of your emotions, that is getting the bulk of your investment. That is what's shaping your worth. I don't even have time to go down this rabbit trail. If you haven't seen the movie, The Social Dilemma, watch it and be terrified. They have created profiles for you. They are not selling you products. You are the product. It is called an attention economy. Why? So that your worth would be shaped by what some other guy's abs looks like on Instagram or what she is wearing or how she is living or how great their life is. All of our worth is being shaped by something. And here's what's so dangerous about that. That if it's not being shaped by God, then it can never lead never lead to abundant life. And that's what Jesus wants for you. And that's what I want for you. Abundant life. But in order to have abundant life, we have to have our worth shaped by God. And so here's the invitation. Here's the invitation. The invitation is for you to begin, not because you feel like it, but because the psalmist directed us to it. To worship in a way that shows God shapes your worth. Worship in a way that shows God shapes your worth when we're gathered and when we're not. I'm going to give you a couple handles, then I'll be out of your way. A couple things that you can do to prioritize worship in every aspect of your life. Okay? Number one, start your day with singing. Terrible, terrible singing. Start your day that way. Hey, instead of popping open Twitter, as soon as you wake up, or CNN, or Fox, turn on a worship song and allow the Lord to start your day. Number two, engage God throughout the day and ask him for his guidance. Let me tell you the craziest thing I ever read in the Bible, okay? Craziest thing I ever read in the Bible. Jesus prayed all night before he chose his team. But there are business leaders here, and and I've been guilty of it. We make a hire without asking God anything. We look at a resume. We look at an education. And we say, yeah, they're a good fit. Hey, Jesus prayed all night before he chose his team. And he still had a dude go sideways. (laughs) And of course, he was handling the money. That's how it always goes. Engage God. 
Do you engage God throughout your day? Here's my challenge to you. Once an hour, just say, hey, God, it don't have to be. Listen, stop trying to pray in King James. He ain't listening to that. (laughs) Hey, God, I could really use you right now. Hey, God, I love you. It's that simple. Last thing. When you are gathered as God's people, sing to the top of your lungs because it is shaping your worth. You know, when I was in Kodo, all I could think about was how I could possibly bring that type of passion back with me to Atlanta. Because all I wanted was to see a passionate, life-overflowing worship for renovation so that our vision would become a reality. And similarly, here at Hope, what is your mission? It is to love people where they are and encourage them to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. Guess what? In order to fulfill that mission, those of you who are the people of God, well, you got to step into that beautiful calling of living a life of worship so that you can actually see that mission fulfilled in your lifetime. And you know what? I believe in you. I believe you will. And I believe you'll imagine with me what it would be like to see the triangle so saturated with expressions of the kingdom of God because the people of God decided that their worth would not be shaped by anything else but the presence of God and that it showed up in every aspect of their life. Can we join in on that commitment together? Yes? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your people. We thank you for the power of your presence and its transforming nature. We thank you that ultimately worship, though it is about you, it is not for you. It is for us. And so would we be those now whose worth is shaped by the presence and the power and the mercy of God in Christ's name. Amen. And there you have it. Thank you, Pastor Leon, for this incredible message to the body of Christ. And regardless of where you're listening at in your country, this is a message that applies to you and to me today, to people of every skin color, every dialect, every heritage, every nationality. We champion Revelation 7, 9 through 12 of every nation, tribe, tongue, worshiping, in front of the throne of Jesus Christ in heaven for all eternity. And so worship is a big part of living the dream. And I hope that these messages the last two weeks have really helped shape your worth. I'll see you back next week on the Living the Dream Show. God bless you all. Three billion people still have limited to no access to know about Jesus. Three billion people is a lot of people. A human chain of three billion people could extend to the moon and back three and a half times. One of those billion calls India home. That's one billion people who are facing death without knowing Jesus. 
Global Hope India has been empowering Christian churches throughout India as they provide access for all people to know about Jesus. Learn more at globalhopeindia.org. That's globalhopeindia.org. Thank you for listening to the Living the Dream Show with Kevin White. Don't forget to visit spiritmedia.us for the Writers Club with Kevin White, a weekly small group via Zoom with writers for accountability and structure through coaching and collaboration. Visit spiritmedia.us today. Visit kevinwhite.us and join thousands of subscribers to Kevin's free daily one-minute motivation series called Generously Blessed. Kevin's books, Audacious Generosity and Get to the Point, are available in hardback, paperback, ebook, and audiobook at kevinwhite.us, worldwide on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and everywhere books are sold. Your five-star review on Amazon will be greatly appreciated. This has been Living the Dream with Kevin White. Find the complete archive of all episodes at kevinwhite.us or subscribe for free through your favorite podcast player and never miss an episode. This program is copyright Kevin White International Incorporated. All rights reserved. Each week we bring you a message of living the dream as people of every nation, tribe and tongue worship Jesus together on earth today as it already is in heaven. Remembering the gift of God's presence through Jesus Christ is accessible to everyone. Join us again next week for Living the Dream with Kevin White.